You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have a packed show for you today. I'm joined by Redskins linebacker Cole Holcomb, a guy who figures into their future without a doubt. Then it's a conversation with Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants for ESPN. Honestly, it's amazing how similar these franchises are and have become. I think it's interesting to hear what he had to say about the Giants, their front office situation, and rookie quarterback Daniel Jones. Then it's on to Chef Mel. And I have to say, Mel gave out some good advice, but what he really needed was advice for a massive headache. Find out why he had one. It's kind of funny. Also, I had a Therapy Thursday session all set up for you. We had to scrap it this week. Don't worry. There will be another one very soon. But first, my conversation with Redskins rookie linebacker Cole Holcomb. Just one note, it was taped before the Redskins played the Eagles. So I just want to talk to you about, like, you talked earlier this year about the eyes and using your eyes and just how big that is for a rookie linebacker. Where do you feel you're at with that? And how do you, you know, what's the process like for you right now with that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, definitely that process through trying to expand your vision. I mean, it's, and then understanding, like, learning more, like, for the defense, you can can expand it because in the beginning you're real tunneling, okay, I have my job, I have to do this, I have to do this. And then... As you, you understand it more, you can start seeing more, you know, more of the more of the formation, more of what's going on. And you know, when my old like my college coach used to always we'd always he'd sit us on film holding our hands out. Okay. And we'd do this and be like and it's it was like so he knows like hey, we're t- we're thinking like we're seeing the whole formation, trying to see everything, taking pictures. And you know, getting to that. In college, it was so easy because by, by my senior year, like, sure. you, know, you understand so much. And it's like, hey, being a rookie, new defense, like everything gets sped up. I have four or five years to learn. Sure. Hey, you got <laughs> four months to learn right. this. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of and you, having guys like Bostic and, you know, the D line out there, it's just making things easy so you can do that it has helped a lot. And, you know, it's, it's definitely helped see the whole thing and be able to go make plays. Bostic's a smart guy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I was telling someone, like, I think he's probably been, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but he seems probably like he's been really good for you because he's, he's such a, you know, you, you're a guy who's prepared. He's, you know, that's how you made it from walk-on to here yeah. to Carolina. But he's also a guy who's like, he's so strong on the preparation. Have you, absolutely. what have you learned from him? And, and like, what, what are the little things that you've learned from him? Uh... I mean, it's, it's so much. I mean, it's like, I mean, when you were on the sidelines, like, he's, he's like, memorizing formations and, like, 
me, I'm, I'll, I watch a bunch of film and okay, like I'm picking up on certain things, on certain tendencies, and I take what I can into the game. And I'm like, okay, when, if this comes up, I'm gonna. This is when I'm gonna make my plays. When we can do this, this is when we can check that. This is when, hey, we can jump this. And like, he just like, if they get us on something, and he like, okay, they just got us on this play. He like puts it in, in his mind right there, and it's like, all right, logs it. They come out in the same formation. They might, they might be in a different formation. They might still be motioning to it this time. And as soon as they motion to it, it's, hey, hey, watch this, watch this. And it's, you know, the play's coming back up. And, I mean, in terms of preparation, just, like, being able to, you know, how to attack it and put things into buckets and how to take your take film and, and not just be watching it and you're watching film, but you're not right. pulling the most from it. Like, you can put it in buckets and put it hey first down first and first and ten pn ten second and seven where are we going to get here um when they just just things like that to pick up on it's helped a lot and, and you know for you what, what's been the biggest what, what you what's been the thing that's taking you the longest to just to or and what do you feel the best about what you've shown um, the the like Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, it's like this this defense is big on like, hey, okay, everybody has to do their job and, and things, but it gives the guys a lot of like opportunity to go make plays. And for me, it was like in our defense in Carolina, it was like, you're going to do this. You're going to do it my way or the highway kind of thing. And getting – there's like that fine line of like, hey – you got your job to do, but you also can go make a play. Right. So go make it. Don't be afraid to go take those opportunities and go make them. And Rob always says, like, this is the NFL. If you're going to make a play, you got to go make it. Like, no play is just going to fall into your lap. Right. So kind of battling with that, like, hey, I know this is my job. I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but this is an opportunity that we can go make a big play and change a game type thing. Because when you're if – you, if you do that wrong, it looks – yeah, look, and, yeah. If you mess up, it's, it could be catastrophic, and that's that's where. So, going back to college, like Gene Chizik was my D coordinator okay. when I got in there, and he was the my way or the highway kind of guy. And then JP, who took over, who's my linebackers coach, and then took over, was kind of like, do it my way. If your way makes the play, I'm gonna love you. If it's not, I'm gonna rip you off and I'm gonna come <laughs> ream you, and you're gonna get yelled at and everything. But just know, like, he's a nice guy. He goes. I want you to go make plays, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you always hate me on that. It's the sterner, man. It's I nice to have teammates do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jokes there. <laughs> um, the other thing, and we're also talking about Aaron Rodgers, too. What's up? When you, interview with your shirt on. When you, when you playing a guy like Aaron Rodgers, what are the things that you take away from that? Because he's obviously, as we were talking the other day, just off the side, just he's so good at catching guys in things. What, 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 what was that experience like going against him? Just playing like the little, like like you said, Rodgers plays like, he does all the little things that can, like, like he does so much stuff that it's like you have to, you have to be so detailed with him that it's like you're getting caught up in these little details and then he can catch you on the big stuff kind of thing. Like just the substitution issues like they were big on you know rushing people hey they see they got they're trying to sub he's rushing people up to the line he doesn't care he's gonna run a play 
it's going to be a shot because it's going to be either 12 right. men on the field or an offsides or something. And, you know, during the game, I'm looking over and he's grinning at Jim Tom and Minuski because <laughs> they're sitting there. They've got all their guys, all our, all our, all our packages. Anybody who could be in a package was sitting there with Tom Sula, and Tom Sula's like, <laughs> waiting. And, that, and, you know, like just calling out coverages. Like he's, you know, I hear a call come through the headset. Um, or, you know, somebody's telling me the call. And I'm like, okay. Example, like it's cover two. And then he looks out and he's like, hey, it's cover two. Tells <laughs> the receiver, like, it's cover two. Or, hey, it's cover three. They're running fire zone. He looks out like, it was just kind of, it's like seeing that, just a guy who's like, just knows. And, and on top of it, like, he's not, he's like, not even serious about it. Like, he's just like out there having a good time. <laughs> well, do you, for you as a linebacker, though, because do you, was he ever picking off some of the, like, was he, would he look at you and pick off, like, oh, he's looking over here, he's looking over here, and just like play off that? I mean, because, like, is he that detailed where you have to now learn oh, from, from I mean, playing it him? Could, like it could be many things. Like, it, it, there's, I mean, it really could be a whole lot. It could be, hey, okay, our safeties are disguising well, but our linebackers aren't. Our linebackers are all kicked over. Okay, you know, it's like safety could be coming down this way or, or, you know, hit you with a four hard count. You know, most people will do a hey, hut hut and then go to their cadence, but he'll do it like three, four times to try and see what, what if you're pressuring, if you're not, if you're dropping into coverage and, you know, takes his time he's real good with clock management and so what do you as a linebacker what do you because you've played some of those some really good quarterbacks now but what do you take from a game like that that can help you down the road um i mean with that it's just it's kind of opened my eyes up to like hey there's so many more things you can be paying attention to as far as you know it's third down you know they're gonna hard count you type thing but if you're looking up and the clock's winding down the Hey, pretty sure you're gonna snap the ball, or you got 18 seconds left. Hey, maybe my we know he's gonna hard count. Maybe I can disguise something, make it look like I'm dropping pressure. Um, so there's things, but, you, but it's, it's like little things. It seems so. It seems so like. But those little like, things. Why didn't I huge. think of that before? It's so like simplistic, but yet you're trying to do so many other things that you're not even thinking about that, and then you don't even realize you could be giving something away or. Last thing, do you feel like you've been able to play the way you want to, given where you know you know where you were at, you know you, when you're playing free and all that, what mm-hmm. you can do? Do you feel like you've gotten to that point? Do you feel like I'm learning so much that it's it's going to come at some point, you know, down the road or yeah. whatever? Do you where do you feel you are on that? With that? I mean, I feel like I'm playing pretty free and you know letting the guys. And I'm not trying to imply that you weren't, but I'm just you know your yeah. own game. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm playing pretty free. I feel like, you know, I'm just out there in moral calm. Like, the, the, right. that's the thing is, like, everybody's like, I'm always like, I want to know now. So I'm like an impatient person. I want to right. know now. I want to know what you know. I wanna, I'm like, dude, you're a rookie. Like, you're, you'll, you'll, you'll get it eventually. And, um, I mean, so for now, I'm kind of like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get frustrated with that. I'm just like letting it. Hey, it's like the process kind of right. thing. So I'm just trying to have fun with it. Cool. Thanks, Cole. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. After this break, I'll be joined by ESPN's Jordan Ronan to talk about the Giants. Which roster does he think is better, the Redskins or the Giants? And how do the Giants feel about Daniel Jones this late in the season? 
Welcome back. Here's my conversation with ESPN's Jordan Ronan about two franchises in similar spots. Now I'm going to bring in my Giants counterpart with ESPN, Jordan Ronan. We have a lot of similar themes here, Jordan, quarterbacks, coaching, um, GM. Let's start with the quarterback. The must-lose game. Don't forget the, don't forget the must-lose, too, the must John. Lose, absolutely. That's, that's a huge one as well. <laughs> and so let's start with the quarterback because that's always the big thing. First of all, is Daniel Jones going to play Sunday? Yeah, I mean, we're taping this on Thursday morning. Thursday morning. All, so all indications were that Daniel Jones is going to be back in the lineup this week. When we were at practice on Wednesday, he went and started working, you know, handing off to the, the first-string running backs and working with the first-string center. Whereas last year, he last week, he was working with the second team or so. Uh, he said he's he's pretty much there. He he thinks that he could do everything that's needed. So we're going to see Daniel Jones on Sunday, barring some kind of setback. So we get a Daniel Jones Dwayne Haskins matchup, <laughs> and I know like we talked for real this time. For real though, last time that's that right. wasn't fair for Dwayne Haskins. It it, it was not. Do you think? I don't know how much you've talked because it's hard for us to focus on the opponent right now because there's so many big picture things. Has has right. been a has he has he been a topic at all up there this week? Yeah, it's funny because you know I, I we say that all the time is I we don't we can't even talk about the the game that week like nobody right. wants to hear about the Jets I mean the Giants run, uh, matchup with the Jets offensive line or with the Dolphins <laughs> second you know like I mean that's the that's the boat that we've been in and yep. you've been in as well. So, uh, but you don't really hear much about it. I think it's helped the Giants cause that, A, they won that first game. Haskins didn't look good. So that was sort of like the beginning, right? Daniel Jones has really flashed enough where there's a lot of optimism about him. There's hope. You see a lot of things that make you, I wouldn't say convinced, but optimistic that he could be the franchise quarterback. I mean, he was going to throw for close to – if he didn't get injured, he would have been close to that touch, rookie touchdown record that Baker Mayfield set last year, which is pretty good. Right. I mean, that means that there's a lot of a lot of flashes in there. And I think the fact that Dwayne Haskins has struggled a lot has sort of quieted that, that comparison that was going to be there, especially if Haskins started his career better than Daniel Jones. But I think people – at least from the Giants' end, are pretty convinced that at least they made the right decision on picking between those two. Maybe ultimately they're wrong. It's probably a little early for that. Uh, you know, you can't really judge anybody by their rookie year, I don't think. Uh, you need at least two or three years. But so for that reason, I think it's been quite – you do hear about it. And we do talk about Haskins a little bit because it is a, an idea that they passed. But I think we haven't heard a lot that – yeah, still, I can't believe they passed on Dwayne Haskins and they drafted Daniel Jones at this point. It, it, you know, it's it's. What do you what do they say about? Because we can watch the on-field stuff with Daniel Jones, and obviously you're going to judge some things off that. As far as like when you say he could be the franchise guy, what are some of the other qualities that he has brought that maybe they point to as an example of why not just what they see on the field, but what they see away from it? The reason that the Giants love Daniel Jones and they partly why they fell in love with him was the way he operates, the way he works. I actually was talking to him yesterday because I heard he gets in super early. So I said, what time do you set your alarm every morning? And he said, because uh, I said, I had heard you're here in the early fives. And he said, uh, it definitely says a four on it, you know, <laughs> when he, to when he sets his alarm. So 
you know, like 445 or 450. I mean, he's a worker. He's just goes about his business. He's very nonchalant. He's very Eli Manning-esque. I mean, he's basically Eli's cousin. I mean, that really, it, it seems so, such an easy comparison because they're together and he's taken over for him. But there are a lot of similarities in that way. And the way that he's able to, what that leads to, is the way that he's able to handle everything is really impressive to the Giants, especially for a rookie in the market that he's in, under the pressure he is replacing a team legend. He just is able to brush everything off. Nothing becomes a big deal. He doesn't do things like, uh, you know, clap back on social media or take selfies after a game. Like, you're never going to see those things from him. That's just not his personality. What are you referring to? That's not I, I don't know. I'm just saying I've seen other quarterbacks do that. <laughs> Actually, I have really only seen one quarterback ever take a selfie after yeah. a game while the game was still going on. That is That was very special. That was original, I will say. Uh, but, no, Daniel Jones is just that really workmanlike guy. He's not like – he's sort of like a throwback, right? Dwayne Haskins is sort of the new age quarterback, the millennial quarterback, right? Daniel Jones is sort of that throwback quarterback. Uh, and I think the Giants, who are, by the way, one of the most old school organizations, partly why they've been bad for the last, what, seven or eight years, uh, this fits them. This fits them to a T, Daniel Jones. So that is – and he, he's, he's aggressive, like through, even though he's that, he has that personality on the field, super aggressive, maybe too aggressive, aggressive to a fault. But I was talking to Dan Orlovsky recently, and what he said was, "I never tell I would never tell a quarterback not to be aggressive, right? You want that, like you want him to be a little more judicious, but you never want to tell them don't be aggressive." And so the Giants like that too, the fact that he's not scared. He'll throw two interceptions like he did against the Redskins, if you remember. Back-to-back possessions, and then what happens? He goes out there, and he's still firing the ball. He's not dumping the ball down or handing it off. He goes out there, and he like nothing ever happened, and that's what the Giants love about him. And that certainly is something, because that's what I was going to ask you with you when you look at the turnovers, because that's been a theme with him. Is that usually yeah, it what has. It stems? Is that usually what it stems from? I think they almost have too much confidence in him. You know, like they, they're like, okay, go do your thing. You know, we're not going to hold back. We're you know, you just do two interceptions. We're not going to call a bunch of run plays. Uh, I think that contributes to it. His pocket awareness hasn't been great. It's something he needs to work on. Keeping two hands on the ball at all times was something that they, they've really been working on. Um, but some look, some of this could be problematic. Some of it, I'm sure, is just he's a rookie. That's right. part of what rookie quarterbacks do, right? I mean, one downside of a rookie quarterback is he turns the ball over a lot. Kurt Warner actually told a funny story about how – and he heard it from Marshall Falk, so, right? Marshall Falk is on the, the Colts, and Peyton Manning's a rookie. <clears throat> and Peyton goes back there. He sees something on the field. He fires a pass. It's intercepted. He goes back to the bench, and he tells Marshall Falk, I can make that throw, right? He goes back. The next time the same situation comes up, Peyton Manning goes, fires the pass, intercepted again. Comes back to the bench, tells Marshall Falk, I, I'm telling you, I can make that throw, I can make that throw, I can make that throw. Third time, same situation, goes, throws the pass, it's intercepted. Peyton Manning comes back to the bench. This is rookie Peyton Manning, comes back to the bench and goes, this is Marshall Falk, guess you can't make that throw at this level. 
So <laughs> that's part of being a rookie quarterback yep. and part of the lumps you have to learn. And Daniel Jones, is, that's part of the lumps he's taking. And it's funny because that's also about that mindset because there are, there are times even with Haskins we'll see a ball thrown like, you know, in college you can get away with that and you have to learn what you can get away with in the NFL. Yeah, it's different. I mean, everybody's the best player in college. Remember that. So it, it's, yeah. it's a totally different level. It takes time to get used to. You hope that they get it out of their system in the rookie year. Now, granted, you the fumbling is a little head-scratching with Daniel Jones. Then you, you really – you don't want to see a guy fumble with 10, 10 lost fumbles, I think it right. is. I mean, that's a crazy number, 15 fumbles. He had a chance to, you know, really go after Kerry Collins' record for fumbles in a season if he didn't get injured, which is a little bit scary. In switching topics, is there's obviously going to be a coach's – a vacancy here because they've already fired their coach and I don't see Bill Callahan keeping the job unless there's some, you know, major change here. But um, is there any It was actually really ever- funny in, in, a, in a conference, in a conference call with us yesterday on Wednesday, Callahan said something like about Eric Flowers and he's going to do really well in free agency when he gets that deal. Some, you know, when he hits the market, hits the deal and you're like, wow, you know, like I get it. He's not coming back, but it was like, he was just saying, hey, Eric Flowers is going to go somewhere else and get a new deal, yeah. which you'll only hear from a coach who obviously isn't coming back. Yeah, well, he, uh, he, was, humorous. he was spending some money to have him re-sign Brandon Sheriff, too. He's like, you, you know, yeah, he's a Redskin through and through, and Sheriff's going to be a free agent as well. So there was definitely – but with is, is there any way Shermer comes back? It's a long shot at this point. I mean, they would need he – need, he, he would need like a miracle here late, you know, late uh, – Daniel Jones lights it up in the last two games, plays amazing. Giants win both, really try to sell them on a, that they're they're trending in the right direction, and he's the guy to, to sort of bring Daniel Jones along. But there's been too much that's gone wrong here over the last two years. I think they're, what are they, 8-21 and 21 under Shermer, I believe the record is now. I mean, that's bad. Uh, there's just a lot working against them. I, I Look. It's not all his fault, 100%, because this roster is terrible. The defensive side of the roster has no real difference makers. And people will sit here and spew to you about all the young talent on the Giants roster. The Giants roster is one of the worst in the NFL. Let's be clear. So he's dealing with that. He's dealing with that handicap. He dealt with the Eli Manning situation hovering over them. Now he's got a rookie quarterback. So – is this 8-21 and 21 really all his fault? No, but there's been other things. I'm talking about in-game decisions. Right. Sort of like a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants approach uh, that I think ownership's going to look at and say, you know, look, we need to go in a different direction right now. This isn't working. We need to find somebody who's going to build this program the right way from the ground up. And that might include general manager, too. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you because – that's still being decided here. What's Dave Gettleman's status? Yeah, I think that is one that's up in the air here as well. Uh, I think John Mara and Steve Tisch are going to meet after the season, the two Giants ownership side groups, and they're going to have a very honest discussion. Is how Steve Tisch described it. And if they're really honest, they're going to see an organization that's in bad shape, and they're going to see a roster that is worse than when Dave Gettleman took over. They have zero pro bowlers this year. Uh, they got rid of some of their best players, and they did it in unorthodox fashion. 
they preach culture, culture, culture while sacrificing talent. And that's how you end up being 21. And we're going to see what happens. But he's definitely in trouble, Dave Gettleman. I just don't know how much. So I think right now I'll put it at 50-50. But look, you've been here before. Teams have been here before. To get rid of the coach and then leave the GM who you were thinking about getting rid of is a pretty flawed way of operating. And then you, then they stink next year. You have to get rid of Gettleman. You have a GM who doesn't align with the coach. And where are you as an organization? You're just a total disaster. You're the Cleveland Browns. You're the Jets or the New Age Giants. That's where you would be. And, you know, it's funny because, like, the Redskins have actually had, had a level of stability. They just weren't winning, you know, up until this year in terms of stability because you had the same – front office people in place and the same coaching staff in place and it wasn't working. And, you know, I remember well, that's the argument the with argument. Gettleman, right? Yeah. That's the argument with Gettleman is you don't want to have an overhaul, but like if you have the wrong guy, you just, you're better off just doing it and having right. that overhaul. You well, guys had the wrong guy up there. Yeah. And that's down there. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's funny because I talked to, there was one, a guy who had been in the league for a while and I was talking to him about Bruce Allen and he said, well, you know, he looked, he pointed to Jay Gruden as a coach. He said, it was one thing he said, and this guy didn't like Gruden as a coach before the hire. So he was consistent in his thought, but he said, one thing to have hired him, but then they gave him an extension and gave him to six years. So it was like one mistake in his mind, one mistake compounded another, and it leads you to this type of season. And that's what you, you know, I was also, Jordan, I was. There's nothing about, worse than doing, there's nothing worse than doing that because right. then you're stuck in this cycle. You are, right? And that's, then you're that's, stuck in this endless vortex, this endless cycle of continually being stuck in awkward positions, and those those being in those positions make force you to make more mistakes, yeah. and get desperate, and make decisions that just aren't prudent and aren't sound long term. You have to take a long range view about this, and if you're going to rebuild your program, right, you rebuild your program with everybody. Like you don't right. rebuild your program and then keep a 37 year old quarterback. <laughs> and that's, that's how you end up yeah. where your giants are and and this and that's how you end up where you are here where it's funny because i do look at this roster for the redskins there's some young talent that i like and i think there's some good building blocks here the questions would be at quarterback what's Dwayne Haskins? is is he really a franchise well we haven't seen nearly enough to say yeah this guy we, we've seen is steady progress but i think the bar was low i think there's a long way to go for him we've seen you know what i mean so you can't say they've got their quarterback for sure. We don't know yet. I think we'll know more about that next I year. I think I would take the Redskins roster over the Giants, but the Giants quarterback over the Redskins and, quarterback right Yeah, now. and I think right now that's how you'd have – that's how most people would probably look at that too. And, you know, because there's more known it, – it just Dwayne was so inexperienced coming in that there was a long way to go. And he's, again, slowly piecing it together. But I think there's still some things they want to see um, from him before they're ready to before the football side is ready to say yes that's the guy um you know I've right talked yeah players. i'm not saying i'm not saying that he has no chance i right I, absolutely you see flashes but you just yeah. don't know right now correct i think daniel jones has probably a little better chance to be a top end quarterback than Dwayne haskins and from and what jones, we've seen yeah and jones i think jones coming in with that more experience probably put him definitely put him further ahead this plays the football side and even yeah. the non-football side knew that the best case scenario for Dwayne was not to play this year. Let him build his game. Right. I also think in the end, he is doing more behind the scenes than he was when he wasn't playing. So I think in the end, it's going to be a good experience for him. Um, 
But, you know, that's the thing I was going to ask, too, is like if you're a new – if you're an organization or a coach looking for an organization, and let's say the Giants and Redskins are both open, where, where would you look first? <laughs> well, there, there's the question. Is Bruce Allen still there and I'm a coach? Right. Is Dave Gettleman there and I'm still a coach? Because if you want to have a full selection of coaches, you better get rid of both those guys. And both those teams, to be honest, they should get rid of both those guys. Yeah. Right. They're 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 antiquated. They're outdated. They're not made to, to build teams in the in the right way in today's day and age. And if you want that coach to come build the program and build the right way, if I'm a top head coach, I don't want to go pair up with Dave Gettleman or Bruce Allen for that matter. Right. I, mean, I really don't. Like, you're are you really going to share the same uh, viewpoint? or, you know, team-building philosophies as these guys? Because, first of all, I don't know what Bruce Allen's team-building philosophy is. It's been all, they've been all over the place the last I think that's how most people would feel, yeah. And, and so Dave the, Gettleman wants to build, like, you know, a run-first 1980s team. He's, like, loading up on uh, run-stuffing defensive linemen. It's like, what are we doing here? Which they traded for one when they were 2-6, and six, who's about to become a free agent. Like, you give up draft assets. A team that needs every draft asset humanly possible. I mean, Leonard Williams has zero sacks. Yeah. I know he could do some good things, but he has zero sacks. You're trading draft assets. Like, here's here's the – I knew it from the start. I really didn't agree with drafting Saquon Barkley second overall when you need a quarterback because the Giants had Eli Manning. He was aging. It was time to move on and start over, and that's where you need to start over in the NFL that's the most important position. But Dave Gettleman, when the time came to draft Saquon Barkley, sat in the room, and he bragged about this afterwards, which is even more mind-boggling because you realize just how flawed your thinking is if you're going to think this way. He sat there and said, publicly said, when our time came up on the clock with Saquon Barkley, I told everyone in the room, don't even pick up the phone. I don't want to hear from any other team. Don't pick up the phone. We're drafting this guy. How dumb is that? You're talking about three other quarterbacks that were going soon. Sam Darnold went with the very next pick. You saw what the Redskins paid for RG3. You're not going to listen to other teams at the last minute to see if somebody wants to offer you 17 first-round picks? Like, if you're that closed-minded and you're going to take a running back at number two and not even listen to offers and then brag about it afterwards, like, something's wrong here. And that's, so that's, that's why the Giants are where they are. So if I'm a head coach, I don't want to be part of that. Right. I'm, I'm putting my, my, maybe my one chance at risk. And, you know, I think the same that I say with Dave Gettleman probably applies for Bruce Allen. So yeah, I wouldn't, you know, yeah, they, these organizations, if they want to do it right, have to get rid of both those guys, start from the ground up, build a total program, have somebody come in that's a program builder which is why Matt Rule is a name that's being discussed a lot right. with the Giants because he went into Temple, built up Temple, went into Baylor, was in shambles. Dude right. was one play away from making the college football yep. playoffs. Yep. Now he's not going to be the GM, but you want that kind of guy to come build a program. Absolutely. Last Urban Meyer yep. can build – Urban Meyer obviously could build a program. The dude won at Utah. <laughs> he built I mean that program is still sustained because of what he built so last thing here they made the playoffs at Utah at I Utah know. I know I mean nobody would have thought of that no 
at let, the time. Let, last thing, Jordan, because I think both these fan bases are in a similar spot, and it's going to be weird on Sunday because every opposing team is, is invading. You know, their fans are invading FedEx Field. But who will the Giants be rooting for on Sunday? Because the Redskins fans, I think, are in the same spot. I think they kind of want to both see the same thing Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's just a must-lose game. That's how the fan base views it right now. And they want Chase Young. They, they, everybody sees what Chase Young can do. They say, we already drafted our quarterback last year. We want Chase Young. He's the guy. We got all the Really, if you think about it, the Giants – if they are able to lose this game, they have probably the worst strength of schedule almost definitely of all these teams right now that are in that three-win range. They lose to the Redskins, and the Eagles win this week. They beat the Cowboys. The Eagles are playing for the playoffs against the Giants the following week. You would assume the Eagles are going to win that game, Fine. right? So the Giants lose those two games. They're, basically, they're locked into the number two pick, basically. So, yeah, yeah the, the Giants fans – they they want to see the same as the same as you want to see, right? It's the same oh, thing yeah. here. Quarterback, play great, right. three touchdowns, no turnovers, three hundred yards. But can we lose the game at the end on like a game winning field goal or something like that? They'd be happy. That's the ideal situation for the fan base. And I think that same sound familiar? It is absolutely familiar here. And at this point I don't blame them. I you know, there's you win two more games. What's it going to do? You have no coaches. Are, these coaches aren't coming back. So it's not like you're building momentum at this point. So I think that for this fan base, that would be an ideal situation. So that's a good yeah, the way. Giants to fan base is beat, the Giants fan base is beaten down too, John. Yeah. You know, they didn't have a single player, not one player in the top ten of, at their position of fan voting at the Pro Bowl. I mean, they have Saquon Barkley on their roster. I know he's been injured and hasn't been good this year. But you figure he would at least – be thrown into a lot of votes because his name is Saquon Barkley. Right. And because people love him. But this fan base is beat down right now. There's no team in the league with a worse record than the Giants since the start is 2017. Wow. Well, I guess that's – And the Browns that, went 0 and 6 Browns went 0 and 16 in there, by the way. That is that's actually amazing. And I guess that's where like for the Redskins fans, we can they can point there and say, well at least it hasn't been that bad, but right now it is. So they share a room in that in that um, you know the dorm of misery. So anyway, Jordan. Well, it's a battle for the NFC last place in the NFC East. Yeah, it's, there's an NFC East and NFC least, and they're in the least. So, Jordan, that's a good, yeah, they are. good good place to end it. And thanks a lot for coming on. We'll see you Sunday for this intense battle. After this break, I'll be joined by Chef Mel, who answers some of your food questions and does so with a big headache. Now I'm back with Chef Mel, and I got to tell you, Mel's playing a little bit hurt today, and I think it's more, it's a (laughs) self-inflicted wound, isn't it, Mel? Oh, yeah. I'm down bad today, but you know what? I'll be back up, man. Get my electrolytes in and everything, and I'll be good to go. Do you want to explain why you're done? Ooh, man, look, I done sit here and had, uh, uh, I did a beer and wine, so I mixed a beer, I had a couple of beers, then I had a couple of uh, glasses of red wine, then I had a cigar to finish off my night. And uh, it didn't play well. Then I actually <laughs> added on with three other IPAs. I had three <laughs> IPAs. And it's I'm always kinda, that little addition oh, kind of Oh, man, I woke you. up, man. I, I checked my bank account, checked everything. I said, what happened to me? 
But I'm back now, and then we're going to have a good day and, you know, a good co- uh, podcast, and we're going to go from there. All right, so support Chef Mel today because he's oh, playing yes. hurt. I so, need it. Now, we had talked last week about getting some questions on here for you because some people have some questions. We mm-hmm. did get a few, so I'm going to go go through some of them. Yeah, from, let's go through them. All right, at Redskins FYI wants to know, has Mel ever cooked a plant-based dish? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, uh, definitely going uh, plant-based now, especially uh, these days, uh, like people going vegan and everything. So I definitely uh, pushing a couple of dishes that I like, I like to do now. But my, one of my go-to uh, things I do now, it ain't really plant-based all the way, but I like the black bean burger I do. Ooh. That's really good. Um, that, that's, that has a good flavor to it. it got, you add all the seasons and everything you want to it. Uh, definitely do some stuff with some avocado. I got all kind of different things I do, but um, playing bass, yes. I'm hurting today, so I yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm, I gotta be honest. Like I'm watching Mel, and I'm just waiting, wondering, do I need to get the bag out and put it under his mouth as he answers these questions? Because the more you talk about food, I can just see it like your head and your stomach. So I'm gonna we'll keep you in pain for a couple more minutes. All right, um, at Alex three five three three two. Looking for something new to do with potato latkes rather than the traditional sour cream or applesauce. Do you have any any mm. thoughts on that or no? I'm going to get back to you on that one because I'm, I'm going to have something really good for you. <clears throat> okay. Chris Lingebach from 106.7 The Fan, and he wants me to read this verbatim, so I'll give him, I'll, I'll, I'll humor him there. What's the most preferred holiday ham? There's like 3,000 versions, cured, uncured, <laughs> glazed, not glazed, spiral, only honey, boneless, bone-in, smoked, double-smoked, applewood, hickory-smoked, um, Harmon likes a good spiral, but for McLaurin, any ham will do. What's Chef Mel like? Man, I just like a good glazed ham, man. Like a good ham is good good for me. I'm not really all ham crazy with different flavors and everything with the glaze and the uncurred. Uncurred is pretty good too, though. Um, the spiral, you know, the, the spiral ham is good. There's a couple of them, but uh, I, I like them all. Yeah, honestly, I, I like them all. As long as I can sit here and make me a ham sandwich. Yeah. Do you like the bone in? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Anything bone-in. Correct. Oh, man, nothing but flavor. I that, think I'm waking up now. Yeah, I'm getting, I, I I'm getting alive. Yeah, look at that. Look at look a little bit. Like he's getting you going. I think it's the, I think it's the Gatorade giving my electrolytes back, and I think I'm, <laughs> I'm coming back. <laughs> so, But I do like, like, I like, when I, if I smoke, if I'm going to smoke a ham, it's yeah. going to definitely be a bone-in one because oh, you do yeah. get, just like with the Boston butt, you're going to get more flavor out of the bone-in than I think anything else. So... Um, okay, another yeah, Chris, one. Chris, what's, what's, your, what's yours, Chris? I hope you... Uh, yeah, he can text us on, yeah. or, or tweet us on yeah, that Yeah, tweet one. us that, Chris. All right, Dylan Ladd, at Ladd, H-T-T-R. Your opinion, and I don't know if you have one, but we'll ask you anyway. Opinion on pumpkin rolls with pecans in them. His mom makes them, the mom makes the best ones for the holidays. Any opinion on that? I don't really like too much pumpkin anything. <laughs> but right now, it's not. Listen, that all that high you just had on from the ham, now just plumbing it back down. I like pumpkin rolls. I haven't had them with pecans in them, so you're not a fan. I want to. I want to. I want to try it. I have to. I have to try it. I haven't tried that. Yeah, I haven't tried that either. So I, I think that sounds like a good recipe. Actually. It do sound good. I just like you know like a lot of pumpkin. Pumpkin. I kind of get a. I think people just went pumpkin crazy they for some did. time, like pumpkin coffee and everything. It just it just got out of hand. So it has. But I will say, Dylan, if your mom makes the best, then tweet us the recipe. But How I like that? the pecans, and I think that's I think that's really good. I think that the pe- the pumpkin and the pecans, I think it would go really well. So you say pecans, um, I say pecans. Pecans. Well, I, but I don't know what the right what's what's the right for. I don't know. Guess what? 
the way, way you saying it. Yeah, you know, you pecans, pecans. But I like anything with pecans. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that that sound, but that do sound good. I put like I would put a glaze with that roll though. I would like you know yeah, have yeah, a little yeah. glaze with it. You know to add what on kind to of the glaze. Would you put on a pumpkin roll? Oh, a pumpkin glaze. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All I right. Do that. John Webb at Audio Spirit wants to know the best way to season and cook a rack of lamb. Oh man, with the rack of lamb, I just I do a salt and pepper, you know, a little teaspoon of uh, olive oil, and that would do it. Then I added my rosemary to it. I, I chop up mm-hmm. some rosemary and add, add that to it, and that would actually do it. And you put it in the grill, it's amazing. So you really don't need too much to uh, season up a lamb. It's, it's really your preference. Uh, I really got like a little little secret, little recipe I do um, with my lamb. But it's not really too much of a secret. It's just like fresh herbs that I actually use yeah. to really uh, enhance the flavor on the lamb. Because the lamb is amazing by itself. Just a little salt and pepper will do it. And um, another guy, he... Uh, he was talking about a fried turkey that he did. Oh, that's right, that's right. And yeah, yeah it's not underneath here. I th- I saw that in there. He was telling me he uh, fried a turkey. I'm I'm trying to get to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. He did not put it under the question. That's why I didn't see it. He didn't follow the rules, Mel. Yeah, he didn't follow the rules. Flag on the plate, man. Yeah. So he's bringing the show down. But look at Mel. <laughs> Mel's kind of into it now. So I think, I think, I think we're okay. Oh, his name is uh, Reginald Skinner. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie. Yeah, I want some of your turkey, man. I want some of your fried turkey, man. I like. I like. What did he what say you, that he did? He said uh, he seasoned it after with melted butter that helps oh, yeah. it stick with it. That sounds really good too. I think that really would work. Um, you know, like I said, that that because that's what well. we were talking about that last time. Yeah. So that's right. I do remember that yeah. one. That sounded pretty good. So, do you put the melted butter on it after or no? No, I don't. I don't do it. But I mean, Reggie does, and I want to try. I'm, gonna try, I'm definitely Reggie gonna try do it. it. Reggie's I'm gonna doing try it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try Reggie way. I'm going to do it that way, too. That's, that sounds pretty good. I want some of yours, right? Yeah, there you go. So if you guys have some more questions for the next time, let us know. I'm going to let Mel get out of here. He played hurt. Yeah. He got through the game. That's a true warrior. <laughs> That's a true warrior. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, John. That's it for this week. Thank you very much to Cole Holcomb, Jordan Ronan, and Chef Mel for joining me. And as always, thank you for listening.